The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you. Jesus said to his disciples, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. If he does not listen to you, take one or two others along with you so that every fact may be established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, then treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. Amen, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, amen, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. Some years ago, Pope Francis was addressing a group of engaged couples in Italy. And Italy, like many places, it's unfortunately common for couples to live together before marriage. Listen to what Pope Francis said to these engaged couples. He said, I do not want to moralize, but I do want to say something that is not liked, something unpopular. Even the Pope sometimes has to take risks on things to tell the truth. Love is in deeds, in how one communicates. Love is very respectful of people. It does not use people. That is, love is chaste. And you, young people, in this hedonistic world, in this world where only advertising, pleasure, the good life prevail, I tell you, be chaste. Be chaste. Even the Pope sometimes, he says, has to take risk on telling the truth, unpopular truths. You know, there's a misconception, I think, today that the Catholic Church is simply just a church of no's. No to abortion. No to euthanasia. No to same-sex marriage. No to embryonic stem cell research, no to cohabitation before marriage, no to artificial means of preventing conception or to artificial ways of creating life. No, no, no. The church is just no. The church has often been leveled with criticism of remaining in the dark ages, of not catching up with the times. But the truth is, that to every no the church proclaims, it's because the church is saying a much greater yes to God's plan for our individual lives and for creation as a whole. Be chaste, the Pope said. In saying this, he wasn't pointing them to just some no, don't do, He was pointing them to goodness, to truth, to beauty, to virtue. He was pointing them on the road to true happiness. 
You see, just as there are actions that are harmful to our physical well-being, there are actions that are harmful to our spiritual well-being. Just as you would warn someone to avoid causing physical harm to themselves by choosing actions that are bad for them, we should also be able to warn someone to avoid causing spiritual harm to themselves by choosing actions that would hurt them. In fact, this very act of cautioning someone, this very act of offering correction, is an act of love, an act of charity. Listen to what St. Paul says in the second reading today. He says, Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not kill, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, are summed up in this saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no evil to the neighbor. Love is the fulfillment of the law. So what St. Paul is saying is these negative precepts, we call them negative precepts because we say, you shall not, right? You shall not kill. That's a negative precept. What he's saying is that shall not is pointing to something greater. It's pointing to an act of charity, to love, to a greater yes. You know, I raise this point because our Lord in the gospel today tells us about the need to offer correction. He makes it clear in this passage that the church that he founded, the Catholic Church, has authority and the responsibility to teach, but also to correct, to bind and to loose. The church has the charge from the Lord to teach us, but as a mother, we call the church our mother, a mother teaches, but a mother corrects. So how do we offer correction to those who believe or who struggle to believe what the church teaches? How do we offer correction to people who believe that the church is just about saying no? How do we receive correction if we actually believe that the church is just about saying no? If we don't understand what the church teaches, how do we receive that correction and how do we offer it? Well, first and foremost, just practically speaking, you and I have to make sure that we truly understand what the church teaches, why the church teaches what she does. I can't tell you the countless amount of times in my 19 years as a priest where so many people come to me and say, Father, I disagree with the church on name the issue. I'll say, okay, I understand. That's, I get it. Have you tried to actually take time to understand why the church teaches what she does? If you don't, if you don't receive it and appreciate it after that, I can at least respect you for trying to understand. But don't just reject it outright. We need to really try to take the time to understand what the church teaches and why. Not just on the moral issues that I've named, but on everything. Everything. But once we understand, once we've educated ourselves as to why the church teaches what she does, then we have to enter into dialogue with people who might be at odds with the church, who reject the church, who disagree with the church. We have to be willing to enter into conversation with them, to dialogue with them. Now you might say, well, that doesn't sound what, like what Jesus said in the gospel today. 
Jesus says, if someone doesn't listen to you, treat them as a Gentile or a tax collector. Now remember, Gentiles and tax collectors were, uh, were on the outs. They were seen as, as sinners. But how did Jesus treat Gentiles and tax collectors? He dined with them. He entered into relationship with them. He loved them. You see, if someone disagrees with the church on certain issues, our first act must not be to judge them. It must not be to criticize them. We should be willing to enter into conversation with them, into dialogue with them. Even if our attempt is rejected, we at least tried. But we should share with them that the church is not just about no, that the church is about the beauty of life, the full truth of who we are as human beings. We could say, let's talk about the beauty of life. Let's talk about the beauty of love. Let's talk about truth and beauty and goodness because that's what the church proposes to us. Truth, beauty, goodness, and virtue. You know, we say no to abortion because we say yes to the beauty and preciousness and the dignity of every human life. We say no to euthanasia because God is the author of life and has a plan for us until the last breath of our lives. We say no to same-sex marriage, not because the church rejects people who have same-sex orientation. That is not true. That is simply not true. We say yes to the beauty that God has written into creation, into the wondrous beauty and the complementarity of male and female, who, when joined in love, are capable of creating life. We say no to embryonic stem cell research because we say yes to the truth that God creates the human soul at the very moment of, of conception. We say no to cohabitation before marriage because we say yes to the beautiful newness and romance that the Lord wants this couple to experience as they solidify their love and the vows that they make at the altar in the sacrament. We say no to artificial means of preventing conception or to artificial ways of creating life because God has written into creation, into the very structure of the body, the way that the human race is meant to increase. And we should reverence, reverence his creation and his natural laws. The church is not just about no. The church is about the great yes to God's plan. So the church must teach and correct, but we always must teach and correct with love, with kindness, and we should always lead with beauty, with truth, and with goodness. Because we must make it clear that we are not trying to restrict people's lives. We are actually trying to point them to virtue and holiness, which is the way to happiness.